Welcome to the LMTP Low Man on the Totem Pole podcast. We are your tough love work friends, talking you through your workplace woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer suffering from post-Valentine's Day candy withdrawal, Katie MacDonald. And here's your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius, and frequent proponent of Workplace for the Love, Heather (laughs) MacArthur. (laughs) For the love. For the love. I was trying to borrow your inflection on that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'm so, I mean, uh, believe it or not, as sarcastic as I am, I am quite a proponent of Valentine's Day, all all holidays, not necessarily for the whole commercial side of it, but I think just a moment to reflect on love and being nice to each other. And as cheesy as that may sound, it's the it's the oddest four letter word that I see shunned in workplace discussions. I could throw out any other four letter word, and people go, "Look at you being authentic," and, <laughs> and yeah. I throw out the word love and it's just entirely too many, you know, chakras and, and uh, <laughs> dancers. I don't know what they're thinking of, but, um, you know, the other day you posted an article about kindness in the workplace and it just, it got me thinking and I just kept thinking about like what, what drains us and how hard the workplace can feel because of the fact that there's really not a lot of kindness. And I think of some of the times when someone's shown me a kindness, what that's done for our relationship, what that did for my sanity and, and my ability to kind of stay the long haul. So I just thought, what a perfect time to kind of kick off our first 2019 podcast, since we're doing it right after the, the holiday of love, um, <laughs> to, to talk about that. So I figure we'd do a top 10 list, not that this is all encompassing, but I'm going to go ahead and kind of steal some thunder from the number one spot and just, we might actually do from number one to number 10. I don't know if there's a list of importance here, but the first one that comes to mind is, and this may seem a little cheesy and obvious is honestly, like for the love, could we be just a little bit kinder to ourselves? Like the amount of torture that I see myself and others put, uh, just put us through the ringer around every possible scenario out there in the workplace, whether it's a mistake, whether it's whatever, people are so hard on themselves and create such a level of stress. And I am definitely, I'm in there with them. And I just think of the, if, if everyone could just be a little easier on themselves, that's kind of the foundation for all the kindness in all these other areas. Snap. That is 100%. I think uh, that's number one with a bullet. Uh, yeah. Because, yeah. It's real hard to find space to be kind to others when you are in the middle of beating yourself up and holding yourself to standards of impossibility or just not spending the time to give yourself the credit for how hard you're working. If you're doing that for you, it's the same, you know, oh my gosh, we're going to run into so many correlations between us and relationship counselors here. But if you don't, <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how are you supposed to love anybody else? If you can't I, uh, show yourself that kindness, how are you supposed to be extending that to others? No, I, I, you know, there's between my coaching and also just working, I've seen so many really hard on themselves or what people might sell, you know, kind of call out as if with a sense of pride of like, I'm this type A person that just pushes myself so hard and, Mm. and not realizing, you know, well, if you're, if you're that judgmental of yourself, I guarantee you it shows up in the way that you manage others and the way that you provide service. And, you know, you can't evoke, you know, kind of just emote this kindness to others or emit this kindness to others. You know, you see someone who's easy on themselves 
and is kind to themselves. Even that could just come down to take a vacation. And I, you know, I took a little weekend this weekend and I, I debated taking this weekend just nonstop. And up until the point of leaving, feeling like I shouldn't do this right now, you know, I should be doing X, Y, and Z. And there was a moment where I just fell asleep in the middle of the day yesterday. And I just realized it's the first time I've actually let go and relaxed. And, you know, if you're like that wired that tight all year round, you know, how does that show up in everything else that you do? So yeah, that's my number one out of the gate. I, I would say that's the big number one. Let's work backwards from there. That's because the, that's the foundation, right? The, yeah. Where is the kindness going to be coming from? The kindness isn't going to be authentic if you're not extending it to yourself. Agreed. Okay. Well, I'm going to go uh, a little bit more. That's you're uh, you're breaking it open, Oprah style, and I'm going to go <laughs> a little. <laughs> so I've got a number two to contribute to that uh, as kind of a more practical tip, which is having a uh, a pack of thank you cards stashed in my laptop case. Mm. It is. Just like Valentine's Day, which we just passed, which is uh, granted a Hallmark excuse to spend money on others, but at the <laughs> I'm, I'm a Grinch about Valentine's Day, like I'm a Grinch about everything else. Uh, <laughs> but at the heart of it, it is an opportunity, state mandated or no, to show appreciation for those that you love, for those in your life, those who are surrounding you daily, and you are surrounded daily by your workplace compatriots. So why not take that moment to extend an actual physical thanks to people who go above and beyond, or not even above and beyond, but just consistently are there helping you out, assisting you with with standard workplace procedure. Uh, it gives me great joy to be able to fill one of these out and hide it under somebody's keyboard or, you know, mm. be sneaky and stash it into their bag or something on my way out the door when somebody's either helped me just in a major way or just it's been a month of like little, you know, trickle down requests that I've been shoving at this person that they've always smilingly or helpfully, you know, capitulated with and just lent a helping hand when sure it's our job to do these things, but it's really nice to be able to, whether it's your job or not, to be appreciated means the world to me. So I'm I'm going to assume, you know, in my narcissistic state that what's good for me is good for everybody else. Uh. <laughs> well, you know what? And I'm going to, I'm going to take a dovetail off of what you said and maybe even just cheat a little bit hmm. and pick the number three. Um, and I, I, I talk about this in, in management classes because I, first of all, I love the written card. And I think that will never go out of style, especially when it's authentic, especially when you're doing it, not because you need something, but because you want to, you want to give thanks. But that leads to this number three, where I do a lot of classes, people ask about, you know, how do you give feedback? And how do you give constructive feedback? People are so worried about how to craft the message of, I think you're screwing up, could you do better? Mm. And they don't put anywhere near the effort or thoughtfulness around, instead of thinking of negative and positive feedback, could you for a week just lead with gratitude and this idea of looking for things that you can just say thank you for. And I had a manager who she really was, it was, you know, she would, she would call me, she'd call me and say, Heather, I need you to come down here. I wanted to tell you something. And, you know, you're used to, I, you know, I, we had a good relationship. I was never feeling like I was walking the green mile or she was pulling a prank <laughs> on me or anything. I just figured she was going to ask me to do something like I, you know, I just, I, I really didn't think much of it. And I'd walk down there and, you know, you just never do. Sometimes it was to solve a problem, but just as often as she'd ask you to do something or just as often as she's giving an update or needed me to change something, she would, she would as frequently 
say, I really just wanted to say thank you for X, Y, and Z. And it was about the work. It wasn't, and it wasn't this fluffy over the top. And, you know, she's a very kind of a practical kind of manager. So I knew when she was saying thank you, she meant it. And it wasn't in, I'm saying thank you because I'm about to ask you for something else. It was solely a little discussion around what she was thankful for end of story. And I'd come back and say, thank you to her. And she's like, I'm totally open for you to say thank you for things, but I want this to be your moment of just knowing that I'm thankful for this thing. It doesn't have to be where you immediately lob it over the fence back to me. And, um, I I just thought that was amazing. And it made me, it made me like want to go off into the trenches and do whatever, no matter what I was facing, because in terms of feedback, you know, I think people would call that positive feedback. I'm like, it's one thing to say, you do this well. It's almost like the wise old owl going, I'm smart. I'm letting you know that I think you're smart in this area versus just, I'm just grateful you do this for me. Such a completely different way of exchanging that information. It's sad that that is exceptional, that like we yeah. have one person that, that actually takes the time to uh, to thank us sincerely for uh, for a job well done and that sends us over the moon. But it really does just such a simple, kind acknowledgement is all it really takes sometimes to say, oh, wow, I'm on the right track. Not only is it a reaffirmation for you that you're doing things right, but there's something on a visceral level about being acknowledged or your efforts being acknowledged by uh, by somebody who you work closely with that says, oh, you know what, this this really spurs me on to greater things. This is meaningful. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, especially, you know, look, coming from anybody, it means a lot, but when it comes from a manager, what it does is it sets this level of humility between you and them where it's not, I'm here to tell you whether or not I approve of you or not. Like Mm -hmm. that's what teachers giving you a letter grade A, B or C or any of that kind of stuff versus just, I just genuinely thank you because you're helping me. That sends a very different kind of tone between, I never felt like, you know, and I don't do really well with authority in the first place. Like there's a reason <laughs> I left the military. So that's just never a good recipe anyways. Cause I've had people go like, Oh, th-, you know, like come in and go like, Oh, I think you did this really well. And in the back of my head going, you don't know how to do it. Don't tell me how you think I did it well. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so clearly I have my own issues, but when she said that it had nothing to do with her coming across as if she was smarter. It was this really humble place to just say, thank you for a kindness and a service. And, and it created this partnership dynamic that I've always really enjoyed working with. So that is outstanding that, that I'm going to take my opportunity to throw number four in here and kind of uh, flip that coin to the other side. So you had a great opportunity to illustrate uh, kindness by taking the time to reward and recognize a job well done or just appreciation for another another person. When we have to have those difficult conversations, when we are in a collaborative situation where we're working on a project with somebody who maybe isn't performing up to standards or up to what our expectations are, if you are a people manager and you have to have some of those difficult conversations about uh, performance management, that can be a really hard place to be kind. Uh, Because at the heart of it, you are going to have to have an awkward conversation that you are not comfortable with. You're trying not to make it uncomfortable for the other person. Um, But you need to get important information across to help this person do their job better. So how do you show kindness in a situation like that? A way that I have eased myself into conversations like this recently at work is uh, actually borrowed from the way I have been talking to my teenage boys. (laughs) So I'm going to just cop to that. When there is a moment where you have to have a difficult or an awkward conversation, 
I find it kind when somebody does this for me. And so I try to do the same for other people where I say, okay, you know what? If you give me three minutes to be fully awkward and uh, and have a difficult conversation with you, you can time me. I will get all my words out in the three minutes that we have. Uh, and then we can move forward. And uh, I want to hear what you have to say. And we can move forward constructively. But just setting the stage so that the, the person walking into the room understands, hey, we got to talk about some garbage. And the only way to get past it is to actually hash it out and uh, and talk about what it's going to be like, but just kind of manage that expectation. It's a kind way to ease into a difficult conversation. Well, I think, you know, I think the biggest kindness that you have is that you're being direct with them instead of beating around the bush or holding it over them and, and passive aggressively, just kind of nicking them every day because they didn't meet whatever your expectation was. I, I mean, I think sometimes people don't understand how being very direct about what the issue is, is actually the biggest kindness you can do yeah. um, so that people don't have to get, especially in a workplace, to have to guess, why isn't she making eye contact with me today? Why isn't she, you know, engaging with me? Like that is, it's just such a stressful way to have, have to come into work versus just knowing what animal you're dealing with. <laughs> yes. I totally, totally agree. I, you know, that, that I'll, I'll, we'll just keep on dovetailing off of each other. And so that, what are we on? Number five? We're on five. On five, keep keep it alive. Number five. So, <laughs> my number five. This was a, another great story. Is I had I don't re- even remember what I screwed up, but it was something. And in 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 the scope of things, it wasn't that big, but I knew it was a big thing to that person, and they didn't. You know, I I, I didn't know exactly where our relationship was, and we worked in this kind of company where it was a little cutthroat. And you know, one minute someone's nice to you, the next minute they could throw you under the bus because it was just a lot of eat or be eaten kind of mentality coming from leadership. So Mm. I dropped the ball and I remember thinking like in in normal situations, this would be human error and people would kind of go human error. We'll clean it up. No big deal. But because of the environment that we're in and I, I went to go apologize and I was just so stressed about it because I'm like, I see what, you know, people just get eaten alive for, for dropping the ball around here. Mm. And I remember the person, you know, I kept saying, I'm sorry. And she, she just looked at me and she said, Heather, Please rest assured, I see all of you, not just this tiny mistake. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I just, you know, she's like, I, I see everything you do every day. I don't just see this mistake. And I, I know who you are and what you're about. And, you know, it, I don't take it personal or whatever. I don't remember what else she said, but I just remember her saying, I see all of you. And it made me want to break down and cry because, you you know, in the workplace, especially when people are just carving into others about, did you do this perfectly? Did you not? Because they're not being kind to themselves, because they're putting themselves on the ringer for stuff and kind of coming from a place of fear, they're kind of cutting into others because that's the scariest thing is if I don't trust myself, then I'm going to be really worried about how bad you're going to make me look. Right. Um, and because I, I don't, I can't control you. And so when she said that, and I thought, I, you know, in that moment, I'm like, if everybody saw all of me at all times, I'd never worry about a thing because they'd see I'm amazing at a lot of stuff that I, but, but that means I don't have to be perfect because clearly I'm not good at certain things or I drop the ball on certain things. But when we feel like we're only viewed for as good as, you know, the last good thing we did or the last bad thing we did, then it's, it's just nerve wracking. You never feel stable. You never feel like you can just kind of let your hair down. And then when, what happens is people don't focus on creativity. They end up focusing on self-defense in the workplace. Right. And that goes to your three models of how everybody shows up to work from, uh, yeah. from low man on the totem pole, which is 
you know, you're either drowning, you're showing up trying to look good. And in the situation, in that atmosphere that you're describing, it sounds like everybody was vacillating between those two. They are either drowning or trying to show up and either succeeding, semi-succeeding, semi-failing at both. What a baller move for, not only is it coming from a a place of genuine kindness, but also Mm -hmm. just a wonderful, like, enveloping message that, like, I see all of you. I'm I'm taking stock of this entire thing. We can get into another uh, conversation about how I'm employing uh, the apology as a power move in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, which is the it's the ultimate uh, position of power because if you acknowledge where the issue is you are the one in the room that has the power to fix it but we can talk about that at a later date i yeah i say we throw accountability accountability up on the wall because i think a lot of times people are afraid of it and you're i'm gonna 100 percent double down um on it is whether it's a power move it, it, it is i like the whole it's a powerful move absolutely yes. That's what I mean. I don't mean. I keep saying tricks and power moves. I sound like <laughs> I sound like I'm a big, old, big shoulder pad wearing '80s working, working girl. girl. Melanie Griffith, bring it, bring it. I like. I got it. a Melanie Griffith vibe tonight. I don't know. What's going on. <laughs> um, so, what's your number six? My number six has to do with using my gossip powers for good instead of evil. Um, I do love a good story and a good workplace story is just uh, my favorite fodder. But I found a way to really take that impulse for sharing stories. And in my gratitude for the clients and the partners that I have had the good fortune of working with in this past year, it's been super easy for me. But I truly appreciate opportunities to gossip good about my yeah. coworkers. I love saying good things about the people I work with behind their back. Mm. Um, it gives me a little secret thrill. Uh, and I think it does wonders in, depending on the workplace culture you had just alluded to, there are obviously very different workplace cultures that have varying tolerances for outside lines of communication. But I tend to be a chatty person that people stop by my desk and talk to me uh, at all hours of the day, regardless of what kind of an atmosphere it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. So to that end, when I have an opportunity to talk up somebody that I truly advocate for as a leader in a certain field or possessing an excellent skill that is being possibly underutilized in the company or just really talking up somebody's resource or just a genuinely good person, it's super fun to good gossip and spread nice things behind people's backs. And I think that's kind of a, a, a fun secret kindness. I love that. And I've, I've always said, you know, I, I, I sometimes coach people who are getting called in because they're gossiping with others and mm. it's, it's hurting their reputation. And usually what it boils down to is, you know, it's a need to feel connected to others. And it's amazing how, you know, oddly enough, number one way that people bond in the workplace a lot of times is over not liking the same person. Hmm. And so it's very easy to, to bond in the trenches over the common enemy, but very few people talk about exactly what you're talking about. Let's bond in the workplace over a common hero or a common, you know, friend or a common talent that someone has. And I, my rule of thumb is I, I, if I'm going to tell a negative story, it's probably a humorous version of something I did that I not Yes, <laughs> yes. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, all other stories of other people are, uh, you know, intended to shine that positive light. I agree with you. I think that's, and it also, you know, it's a kindness to yourself. I don't think people realize the level of stress and how you feel about yourself. Like I, I always kind of put that question on is, 
I guarantee you, you carry a little something with you when you tell a story that you wouldn't be proud that the other person heard you tell. Yeah. You carry a little bit of that with you. So I think it's a kindness to yourself. Well, then I jump to number seven from that in terms of, you know, a kindness. And I think some of that is, uh, it's a, maybe it's a, it's a combo of some of what we talked about the whole, I see all of who you are and I'm going to say something kind about you. There's others, other part of like, I can clean up the mistake and no one has to know about it. And honestly, you don't always have to know about it either. Oh, and wow. You know, like I just, I think sometimes I'm not saying do everybody's work for them or whatever, but if there's a learning opportunity and it, it looks like if they don't know about this, then it's going to set them up for failure. But sometimes people just make human mistakes. And when I, when I see that, when it's not a, wow, you didn't know better. So let me make sure that you're set up for success in the future. That's one, but it's just this genuinely, they got the date wrong. They got the thing wrong. This got dropped. This didn't meet the deadline, whatever it is. If it's not killing anybody, just sometimes just don't even say anything. Just let it go. Take care of it. Move forward. And sometimes you kind of want to, because maybe this person's needling you. And I just try to throw it out there of like, this person's needling anybody a whole lot. They need a break. Like they wouldn't be, it wouldn't be overflowing to other people if they weren't doing something horrible to themselves, either just mentally or whatever. Right. So sometimes just clean up the mess and move forward. That's amazing. I love, especially having just talked about like not beating around the bush and passive aggressively fixing mistakes. If it's coming yeah, from a place, yeah. yeah, if it's, if it's coming from a place of genuine, like, you know what, I, I see where you were headed with this. You missed a date or you didn't, you know, dot an I or cross a T. Let me help you with that. And nobody needs to be any the wiser. Not every little thing has to be a capital T teachable moment. Which yep. it feels like in a lot of workplaces, that's become a thing. Oh, I have made the smallest of errors. I'm going to get dragged to the carpet. And not necessarily, uh, I'm not going to get any negative repercussions, but we have to talk for 15 minutes about how somebody didn't format the date appropriately. <laughs> like, yeah, that or even if it's not a conversation, it's just a dirty look of like, okay, so you meant the tenth. <laughs> like something right. simple like that and you're in a meeting <laughs> and someone says that and it's like, did we have to? Like, okay, fine, let's just go. There's just a way to do that. I'm just big on people should feel safe working with you. And if you're looking for the opportunity to call others out, they're not going to feel safe. Okay, so where are we at? We're at number That brings us to eight. Um, This, I hope this is not super particular to me. This is something that I've found. It's so interesting how much of kindness needs to be baked into our communication. And especially being real. Being authentic is a big way to be kind. For me, that has come into the way that I have to allocate my time with people in the workplace. And I'm actually saying this not like this is a an accomplished goal of mine, but something that I'm actively working on. I mentioned that I'm a type of personality that people in whatever workplace I end up being in tend to gravitate to my desk and chat. I can't imagine why. It's not like <laughs> I love talking. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) But that said, there are times where my workload allows for me to talk to people for, you know, 10 minutes straight about their cat and how their cat missed them that day. And those are my favorite stories. I'm not going (laughs) to, before we get too far down this road, Heather. Cat stories are my favorite stories. (laughs) Don't think that I'm making fun. Uh, (laughs) But there are days where I am over my head, like I have gotten there 
a half hour early to try to get stuff done. And the fact that I am not making eye contact with you does not mean that I am not ready for your your daily cat story. It just means that I don't have time to uh, invest. M- my time is being invested in my output today and unfortunately not in uh, the opportunity to bond. So that can be, to your point earlier, really confusing when somebody who was all engaged and talky with you yesterday now won't make eye contact. Um, mm-hmm. Our brains automatically go to, oh, I must have pissed that person off or, oh, that person doesn't like me anymore or I must have, you know, they, ugh, cat hater. Oh, my God. What happened? <laughs> How dare you? I know. <laughs> that which would be the worst of all possible sins. <laughs> so I'm engaging in the practice of trying to be really honest when somebody that I chatted up assiduously yesterday and today I unfortunately do not have the bandwidth for it. Just to to stop them and say, I am so happy to see you today. I want to devote full time and attention to you, but I have got something to get off my plate. Where are you at 3 p.m. or where are you tomorrow? Um, And that just kind of lets the... It's hard to do and it feels super awkward at this stage that I'm trying to practice it, but I I can tell that that level of directness uh, with people that I truly, honestly do love to engage with, um, but I just need to get something off my plate. I've got a deliverable that is, (laughs) that's why I'm getting paid. I mean, I wish I was getting paid to talk to everybody, but, uh, (laughs) but that's, that, that's kind of the heart of it. So I'm engaging in a practice that I hope is showing more kindness by communication. No, I think that's like, I think that goes back to that. Yeah. People not having to guess. And I'm going to, I, you know, now that you said that, I'm going to go to this one, which is, um, you know, our number nine, it's small, but I know, and not everyone, it's not everyone's ability in terms of their nonverbals and what they do with their nonverbals, but you'd be surprised how much just the only way I can phrase it is kind eye contact. Um, ah, and yes. How, how do you, I thank you for that. I love that. Um, how do you give them like, I, you know, I, I just had this discussion with somebody the other day and they're like, Oh, because of harassment prevention classes, I can't hug people. And I'm like, you can give them, and this is going to sound creepy. I don't mean this in a creepy way. And it is an eye hug. Like, how do you, give them a hug, like when they're presenting in a meeting. So many times when people are presenting in a meeting, especially if they're not good presenters or they're not talking about something that directly impacts you, most people end up kind of just disengaging with speaker. And I'm like, if, if public speaking is one of the number, you know, top fears that people have, then when they're up there, why don't you just give them some love with your eyes and attention and just sending that message of like, I hear you. And um, you're important right now. And you'd be amazed at how that's building a relationship, even walking through the office. And, and, you know, I go into offices all the time where I don't know anybody because I'm a consultant coming in. And I do try to make sure that I'm making genuine eye contact with people, a little smile, but that my eyes meet theirs and I'm sending this message of, you know, I come in peace and I think you're important. I don't even know who you are. I don't know where you're going to show up because I know I've gone places and been treated like I'm not important until they find out, oh, I'm meeting with your boss. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the level of attention and kindness that I'm getting, but it's too late. You've already set the, you know, I, look, I'm easygoing. Like, uh, yeah, I don't care. As soon as, you know, whatever, we'll get there when we get there. I, I don't really take it all that personal, but you've, you've already left an impression. And 
you know, you missed an opportunity for it to feel authentic and kind. And it's, there's a way to look at people and like they matter and like they're important. And I see this a lot in the service industry, the people who bag your groceries, the people who are, you know, feeding you in a restaurant. Like there's so, so often that people are so immersed in their little world. They're not, it's like the person dropping off the food or dropping off your folder or, you know, coming by and cleaning the trash out of your office. Like all of a sudden they don't exist. If you think that doesn't show up with other people that you're working with and that people don't get a sense that they don't matter unless you need them, it does. And so if you kind of just treat everybody in your vicinity as if they matter, people tend to treat you as if you matter. Oh, my goodness. Okay, first of all, we have to go back to the Tyra Banks smizing principle as it (laughs) pertains to uh, giving people eye hugs when they're presenting. That is, you know, I I believe that we are in the same camp of people that intrinsically do this because we are used to public speaking, but at the same time know how difficult it is for those who do not love it. So I'm a huge proponent of smizing. Yeah, uh, at your at somebody who's who's really struggling with it, and the five foot ten foot rule is one that I I try to bake into any servant leadership that I'm developing too. That if you are within ten feet of somebody, you make eye contact, no matter whether that is the person who's come in after hours to empty the waste paper baskets. Or, you know, whoever that is, you make, Mm. if they're within 10 feet, a 10 foot radius of you, you make eye contact. If they're within five feet of you, you say hello. Oh, I love that. I love that as a rule. I've never really baked it into a principle, but that's, I I like that. I just, to me, there's nothing that pains me more than someone walking, you know, I I, I try to read people and like, if they want to be left alone, they, they, by all means, I'll leave them alone. But more often than not, I don't like people who are treated as if they're invisible in the room and. And a lot of times those are people doing jobs that you want, you need, and they're doing something. And, but for whatever reason, they're not the center of attention of the room. And, and it's like just a little, hello, how are you? I don't remember people's names. I'm just horrible with a memory when it comes to names. (laughs) Um, So this is, you know, because people all the time in sales, people are like, remember someone's name so that they feel cared about. I'm like, I've had people say my name and I knew I wasn't cared about. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I won't talk about my mother, but I I just, (laughs) Um, there's a way someone looks at you and whether or not they matter or not. And maybe this is my way of compensating for not remembering people's names all the time. But I just, I I want a genuine connection with a person in the room. I can't handle this. You know, someone comes in to clean or someone come, and it's not always just that it's, it's people come sit in a meeting and because they're not necessarily relevant to the agenda, it's like they didn't exist or they weren't even there. And I just, to me, that Mm -hmm. blows my mind. But a CEO walks in and everyone just, you know, drops their shit as if, you know, oh my God, this is like the, the firstborn, you know, son being brought to the, I don't know what is, is happening or firstborn daughter or whatever, but people just kind of lose it to make a connection with them. And I think when you practice in the workplace, only making connections because it's advantageous, then even when you're connecting with those people that you really want to connect with, guess what? They can feel the neediness coming off of you. Absolutely. Yeah, that is, it, it is, it comes across as inauthentic. Yep. Whereas if you have made a practice, I know it, it sounds kind of weird to say, but I think my my number 10 is going to be practice. Mm. Practice kindness. The authenticity that that uh, that you're you're calling out. If you're just trying to make meaningful connections with somebody based on their title, as soon as they no longer have that title or have left the company or are no longer in your world, it's really evident that you don't care about that person. You cared about yeah. the title. 
No, you know what? That made me, I'm going to, I'm going to insert myself here in your number 10 a little bit. As I I think of someone, I was at a big company and there was a layoff and she was, she was up there. She was a higher level executive and yeah, she was one of those people. She walked in the room, everybody would bend over backwards to, to kind of get airtime with her. And I just, she was just one of the people that I had worked on projects with and was kind to, she was always kind to me, you know, and it wasn't because of the position. It was anybody in that room we would have been kind to. And I, I, I dug her. I thought she was a really nice person. Well, they did a layoff and she was, it was the second day after they announced the layoff and we went to an all hands meeting and it was like she had become a pariah. She was over in the corner by herself, no one talking to her. And I didn't walk over to talk to her just because of that, but I definitely noticed And I went up to her and I was like, you know, hey, you know, how are you doing? And I, you know, and I just called it out. I wasn't going to act like I didn't know what was going on. And I said, you know, I saw the information and, you know, I know what it's like to be laid off. And, you know, if there's ever anything I can do. And she says, you know, you're the first person who's talked to me since the news came out. Oh, wow. And, and I just thought this, and this is kind of what you, I, I guess this kind of dovetails off the practice kindness, stick to kindness. Like, don't just drop it because it's become inconvenient, you know, or maybe not all the cool kids like this person anymore. Like, commit to it and don't just delve it out when it's, when it feels popular or safe or advantageous to do. That is the crux of it. If you, if you keep practicing it, whether it feels icky in the moment, like, I'm sure it wasn't easy to cross that room and uh, talk to the person who had suddenly been made a pariah, A, because everybody's looking to see, uh, I, I, oh, how many times have we been in similar situations, right, where yeah. everybody's looking out the corner of their eye at the person who we just heard the news about, and oh, well, you know, ooh, it, it sucks to be her. Yeah, and I, for me, it wasn't uncomfortable simply because I'd been the dead man walking, so it was like, <laughs> I, as far as I was concerned, I, I didn't give a fuck. Like that was just the truth. I didn't give a fuck. I didn't give a fuck before. Uh, I wasn't being nice to her because she had a title and I didn't give a fuck now if I was somehow going to be pariahed myself because I was being nice to somebody who now has fallen from popularity. I think that's bullshit. I thought it was bullshit in high school. I think it's bullshit in the workplace. Like grow the fuck up, be nice to people. But it's still a phenomenon. I know it, it shouldn't matter and it doesn't matter ultimately. One of those, you know, deathbed perspective things, yeah. <laughs> whether or not people were concerned about <laughs> uh, whether you crossed the room to talk to somebody who'd been laid off, not a big yeah. concern. But yeah, the practice of kindness, it may feel a little awkward or weird at first, especially if you exist in a workplace culture yeah. um, that doesn't prize taking time to acknowledge others. And there are sadly still plenty of those workplace cultures where that is not prioritized. But if you take the time to practice finding just little ways to be kind to yourself, first of all, and then to those around you whose job you appreciate, A, it's going to wake up your appreciation for them so much more. If you have, I'm going to go into my Oprah diary spiel, uh, like I seem to do every other episode. (laughs) But if you are actively taking stock of what you appreciate around you, it opens up to you how much there is to appreciate. And so as you are going around and being kind and showing appreciation to those um, with whom you work well, those whose smiles you enjoy when you walk into the office, it doesn't have to be big stuff. But if you're taking time to be kind, you get better at it, it gets easier, and you find more things to be kind about because there are so many opportunities that you're actually being handed daily that open up to you when you take stock of it. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, as we kind of, we're wrapping up now and it's, it, we did our top 10 and I, you know, really decide, you know, the, the, the idea of like your brand, you need to develop your brand. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes people, I like that people are focused on that. I think sometimes it gets bastardized into this thing of like, what makes me flashy versus what can people know will show up about me in every situation, no matter what. I think that is just making it easier for you to be a predict- predictable entity in the workplace. And to me, if you make kindness a part of your brand, then you don't have to be nervous about crossing that room. Earlier in my career, there was a moment, you know, and <laughs> early in my career, I like how fancy I make it in a fast food in- environment <laughs> where I was working as a teenager, in my illustrious beginning of my career. Uh, but it was still kind of high school time and it was a workplace and there was a girl that someone didn't like because of whatever reason she'd gone out with some guy that people were upset about, whatever it was. And I remember there was a bunch of girls talking about like, well, we're not going to talk to her on shift, whatever. And I said, I talk to her all the time. And in that moment, you could see this kind of quiet. And it wasn't like I was being some, I was not the girl who was like trying to look to fight with everybody. I just was like, it's dishonest for me to act like I don't talk to her and I'm not going to stop talking to her because I don't think she did anything wrong. And they all just looked at me and this was their, their answer. Oh, Heather, you're just nice to everybody, so you don't count. And what that <laughs> told me was they don't want to pick a, pick a fight with me. They can't because I'm not playing the game. And mm-hmm. secondly, you're right. You're right about me. I am nice to everybody. And I think in that moment, what they got was I'm not going to participate in the party, but I also didn't get excluded from anything because it's part of my brand. And right. that's always been my brand. So when I crossed that room to go talk to that woman, I didn't think to myself like, well, you know, everyone's like, I just went like, it's my brand. And that's, if that's what I get cut loose for, I'm willing to get cut loose for that. Right. That's a deathbed perspective thing where you're like, was that worth it? Hell yes, that was worth it. Yeah. In the scope of things. Absolutely. I love that. Build kindness into your brand, everybody. That's what we're saying. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Well, we want to hear from you. If you have a story to share about a kindness you experienced in the workplace or a kindness that uh, that you've reached out and uh, and given to others, or you just have some uh, thoughts to share about how you like to show kindness in the workplace or outside of the workplace, let's just be kind everywhere. Extension of the brand, right? <laughs> Or if you want to hear us discuss something that's on your mind, we're putting a pin in apology as a powerful move and accountability for an upcoming episode. But we are open for all kinds of other uh, talking points that you want to hear about. Or you just want to tell us what you think of the Low Man on the Totem Pole podcast in general. Tweet us at LMTP Consulting. Message us on Instagram, Low Man on the Totem Pole, all one word. Or email us. L-M-T-P podcast at gmail.com. Heather, anything you want to say to close us out? You know what? I, I'm a bit of a softie right now. I'm going to just say, honestly, like, just be gentle, a little gentle with with yourself and with all the, how stressful things can be. And I think if you can just be a little gentler, kinder with yourself, the rest of it just unfolds from there. Kind to yourself first, and that makes it so much easier to be kind to others. Well, thank you, and thank you, everybody out there, for joining us. We will see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Be kind. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I want to say be kind, rewind after that. (laughs) Be kind, rewind. Let's just say be kind, rewind. Ah.